if you're not doing fitness assessments that actually correlate to job simulation testing, that actually provide indicators, that actually are predictors for increased performance, that's going to correlate and correspond over to increased performance with job simulation testing, then I'm not saying you're wasting your time. I'm just saying you're not getting a great gauge. You're not getting a good prediction of how well you're going to do in the upcoming job simulation testing. Welcome to a podcast dedicated toward the distribution of evidence-based application of research, information, and training methods to assist the wellness initiative of the fire and rescue community. I am your host, Hussein Jabai, and this is RIT Team Radio. Welcome everyone to RIT Team Radio's podcast episode number two, looking at physical ability testing. Now, physical ability testing is an overarching umbrella, and we're going to kind of divide these into two different categories, whether it's job simulation testing or fitness assessments. Also, physical ability testing can be implemented from a applicant standpoint. So getting into some sort of course or academy could be a candidate um, or a, a cadet. So once someone is within a a preparatory or onboarding process. It could be entrance for a candidate getting into an agency uh, or something reoccurring throughout the duration uh, of an individual's career or an incumbent operator's career. So there's many different aspects of implementing a physical ability test, uh, but the nature of this specific episode is looking at the difference between these two overarching categories under the umbrella of physical ability testing. Them being one, job simulation testing, and then two, fitness assessments. Now, we want to be able to clarify the difference between these two. Job simulation testing is when you have, uh, you pretty much replicate the tasks that operators perform within the field uh, in some sort of job scenario. They're replicating those tasks, whether it's trying to replicate the equipment utilized, um, the different actual field tasks they're performing and the nature they perform in the field. And you're trying to provide the same scenario in a more controlled setting. Typically, job simulation testing has some sort of time frame to it. Um, first, uh, most agencies, uh, this isn't usually within an academy. This is usually uh, more on, sometimes I don't think I've, I've specifically seen it uh, through graduating an academy, but definitely new hires for candidates trying to get in within an agency. Um, they'll have to do some sort of aerial climb. And then they have to actually pass this within a certain time. Some agencies, you know, just get it done. Uh, a lot of agencies, it's more of you have X amount of time to complete the climb and back down. Uh, and then you actually perform. Uh, I, I don't want to throw around the, the phrase obstacle course, but that's more or less uh, the thought process uh, thought process behind it is you have to complete these tasks back to back um, in in sequence and complete it in a given amount of time. Um, and depending on the agency, uh, it will depend on what their physical ability test uh, series of tasks will look like. There are many different agencies, many different academies that have different tasks or or even similar tasks in different orders. And ultimately, it is up to the individual agencies to define what their physical ability testing is. Um, and so it goes back to you need to conduct, conduct a thorough analysis. And I'll, 
I'll go every single time I do an episode and I'll talk about, there'll be an episode, an upcoming episode talking about what is a needs analysis, how to conduct a needs analysis and a job task analysis. And then that's how you build your physical ability testing, whether it's a job sim or a fitness assessment testing battery. You need to make sure you conduct a thorough needs analysis first prior to jumping into constructing and conducting uh, any form of physical ability testing. Um, so that's more uh, job sim. Now, fitness assessments are where you pick apart uh, your job tasks, uh, whether it's from the physical ability test which or from the uh, job simulation test, which should be picking apart the actual uh, fire ground tasks. So uh, you try and dissect them down, whether it's replicating movement patterns, replicating energy systems, replicating uh, components of fitness. You try and break those patterns down and then you look at the attributes, the, the smaller segments, and you define your testing battery with fitness assessments as those attributes. And to give you some examples, a fitness assessment might say, hey, this task, such as forcible entry, requires rotational power, right? That's a segment of a task. You might have a forcible entry task in your job sim, uh, but if you want to create a fitness assessment around it, you might look at rotational power like a, later, a lateral medicine ball throw or something that is designated to assess that attribute. If you know that, um, let's say a stair climb requires uh, lower body endurance and you might do a fitness assessment for that, might be a step test, a step up test, right? Where you're not initially performing the actual fire ground task where you're actually having to go to a drill field, you're having to utilize a structure and, and, and given equipment, you might have personnel completed in gear, in bunker gear or out of bunker gear, in athletic attire. But overall, the overarching concept is job simulation are the tests you see more common. Um, but fitness assessments can play and do play a very vital role in many different programs. And there's pros and cons to implementing each one of these. Now, the first aspect we have to look at is which one is mandatory. Usually with physical ability testing, job simulation testing is the one that's more, uh, uh, I've seen more and observed more as the mandatory testing, whether it's entrance um, for uh, candidates to complete, to be able to uh, be hired uh, on with the agency or reoccurring as an incumbent personnel. Usually it's job simulation testing. I don't typically see fitness assessments out there um, that are mandatory, but they are from time to time. I know a couple of agencies that do implement them and they are mandatory. So you kind of have to perceive which one's mandatory to which one's um, you need to strategize with your strength and conditioning programming. Granted, Overall, um, you should uh, make sure your programming is efficient to prep personnel for the fire ground. But from a scheduling perspective, from an energy and, and uh, think preparation for that testing, if, if you know operators have to perform a job simulation test on a certain date, you know, or within a certain month every single year, your programming is going to peak them for that time of year or specifically for that month, because you could peak them at multiple stages throughout uh, throughout the year um, in, in, in various fashions or for various attributes. But looking closer to, to the job simulation, you're going to peak them specifically in their programming. You're going to taper their volume. You're going to make sure their fatigue is low and their performance and preparation is high 
for job simulation testing if it's mandatory and it's scheduled, it's in the books. So if fitness assessments were, then you'd prep and, and peak them for that. Hardest part with fitness assessments um, is that operators tend to, and, and anyone does this, this isn't just operators, but if you say your test is performing a lateral medicine ball throw, right? And that's your only test. You're not doing a job sim test. We're doing fitness assessments that correlate to uh, uh, job simulation or fire ground tasks. Then most people will train for the test itself. They're going to train to throw the medicine ball throw. If you say, hey, for, um, uh, for any form of, let's say, core strength, right? Because you're going to need some sort of core strength. Even with load carriage, you're going to need some sort of uh, rotational and lateral stability with your core, which could incorporate, if you want to go as simplistic as possible, could be a side plank. You know you need structural integrity of your core uh, to ho a hold a, a hose bundle on over one shoulder as you do a stair climb. So does this mean your fitness assessment is a side plank because you know you need that that kind of stability to perform the task. And if you say, instead of performing a stair climb with load carriage, you're just doing a side plank, everyone's just going to train for the side plank. If I say you need to uh, maintain a, a, a two-minute side plank or a 30-second side plank in order to pass and, and, and uh, get a check mark for fit for duty, then you're going to train to complete two minutes or that 30 seconds of a side plank. And that's going to be your goal and anything past that's great, you know, fantastic, but that's the bare minimum that, that you're trying to acquire. And that's, uh, that's being realistic. Anytime you implement a test like that, uh, people are going to train to the test to pass the test and that's it. You'll have some that want to excel that that's amazing, but we're being realistic about the uh, majority of, of it. again, both general population and tactical population, but it gets more critical and it's more significant when we look at the tactical population. So if we incorporate a job simulation test, therefore, if we say, hey, you're prepping for this job sim test, your physical ability test, then your personnel are more inclined to be training not just for these attributes, but for being able to perform the tasks. Now, pros and cons, because they have to build up multiple attributes, but at the same token, they're getting better at fire ground tasks they're going to have to perform in the field anyway. So they're getting better at the job, not at the test itself. Next, we take a look at energy. How much energy does it actually take for an, a fitness assessment versus a job simulation test? Now, from, from experience and from working with uh, uh, personnel, fitness assessments do not drain you as much. Granted, you're able to uh, dissect individual attributes. So you might have a power test, you might have an endurance test, you might have, you know, a, a muscular strength test, right? You're dividing these attributes to where it doesn't take as much of a toll. It's not an ongoing test where you're testing multiple attributes and, and you have an overall time, you know, to complete and so forth. So fitness assessments don't drain personnel as much versus job simulation testing, which is critical. Uh, honestly, twofold, both within the academy and with incumbent personnel. It's difficult for you to do job simulation multiple times throughout the year. Uh, even some uh, individuals that are very determined doing it multiple times within a month because you are greatly drained. You're not going to see, if anything, you're going to see decline in performance if you continuously perform job simulation testing frequently. So at what point are you 
continuously building up fatigue to try and see how you're going to stack up on the job simulation test. Um, so in all honesty, it's better to utilize job simulation testing, let's say with incumbent personnel once, maybe twice a year to gauge performance, but then turn around and perform fitness assessments multiple times a year to gauge uh, your ability to increase attributes that correlate to better times with the job simulation test. Now that's going to take finding assessments that show you are improving in metrics that matter. If you're not doing fitness assessments that actually correlate to job simulation testing, that actually provide indicators, that actually are predictors for increased performance, that's going to correlate and correspond over to increased performance with job simulation testing, then I'm not saying you're wasting your time. I'm just saying you're not getting a great gauge. You're not getting a good prediction of how well you're going to do in the upcoming job simulation testing. So overall, it, it's a matter of trying to figure out what are you trying to accomplish with these two? Uh, I, I truly believe both of these have places and both with incumbent personnel and academy. It's all about implementation. Same context within an academy. If you're trying to perform job simulation-based testing, not only are you trying to peak personnel uh, for, for a given week, if not a week and a half uh, of trying to prep them for the uh, actual job simulation test. But then after they get done, they're drained, they're tired, they're beat up for the next week, week and a half. So you literally just burned three to four months out of a 12-week academy for this one test. How are you going to perform it three times within a uh, fire academy, within a 12-week academy, right? Even running it twice within a 12-week academy is doable. It's amazing but you're still utilizing one to two weeks for each test itself. Um, so now you're using four weeks, let's say two weeks within the 12-week academy. And so now you have 10 weeks of strength and conditioning or specifically trying to build up uh, components of fitness. Um, let's say you run the model of the first week or two doing movement preparation. So now you only have eight weeks of an actual uh, building blocks of doing resistance training and then let's say you divide that in half and half of it, you're building up uh, actual attributes or think foundational strength and foundational movement and work capacity. Um, so that's four weeks. And then you have four weeks of job specificity uh, type of training where you're getting more into uh, utilizing, uh, let's say, job tasks, job equipment for uh, exercise prescription. So you you even running just two physical ability tests that fall into the category of job simulation testing uh, within a 12 week time frame for fire academies i mean you're looking at two uh, two uh, implementing this twice within the academy so in order to try and perceive the transition between first segment or first phase second phase third phase and so forth wouldn't it be easier to find fitness assessments say one or two or three fitness assessments that are good predictors that do correlate over to uh, improvements. Let's say if you improve in these fitness component or fitness assessments will correlate over to improvements in job simulation testing for specific tasks, of course, then you can decrease the amount of fatigue these tests uh, impose to the actual uh, cadets, but you have a gauge of where their performance is going. Now, you do have to take into account with training in general as you ramp up volume, 
you are going to see a buildup of fatigue. So maybe that first fitness assessment, you might see a slight decline in performance, depending on when you implement it and how you implement it with your programming. But overall, at the very end, you should see an increase in performance, especially if you program efficiently. So there's a time and place for both. It's a matter of having the knowledge, having the education to decipher both, to strategically implement each one of these. Each one has a, a time and place to, to implement. But it, again, it goes back to the education. Having the personnel that are qualified and certified to uh, to organize this testing battery, then turn around and implement and, and administer these tests in an efficient manner.